Well, I'm delighted to say that uh, joining me on the Godcast this week is Kerry Ellis. Now, Kerry is uh, a very famous face from the world of stage and screen. Uh, Kerry, you've been in so many wonderful music musicals. It's a real delight to get you on the Godcast. Hello, and how are you? Oh, thank you so much. I know it's been a bit chaotic trying to get us together, but I think the good thing is, is after the last year and a half, going on two years, you know, things are starting to happen, which means I'm busy, which is exciting, but I'm very well, thank you. And the sun is shining today, so we're very happy. <laughs> it is indeed. It's uh, early September as we record this. And uh, Kerry, you, you you put a few shots on your social media pages. You've been abroad in the last uh, few days with wearing some very glamorous outfits. Tell us about that. I know. Well, you know what, pre-pandemic, um, I, I used to travel quite a lot for work, very fortunately. I used to, I used to have quite a good connection with Italy, um, probably mainly because of um, the work I did with Brian May, and we would travel to Italy. We toured there um, about five years ago, and we've done various TV shows over there. So we have a lot of support, which is wonderful. And I've just recorded a song with um, a wonderful singer called Luca Minnelli, who's... Um, I want to say like a young Bocelli, he's got a wonderful voice and we did a duet, we've done a few concerts together, but we recorded a duet called Forever and uh, I went over to film the video finally because I, I could travel, I mean it wasn't the most straightforward travel, but I could travel and it was so wonderful to, to just feel like there's movement again and have, have kind of optimism again and have that hope of of, of you know being able to be creative and yeah. it was wonderful to do something um that was beautifully filmed and we had lots of lovely photographs taken and I can't wait for people to see the actual finished product but to just be going out and doing what I do again has been just joyous yeah I, I've, I've been fortunate enough to speak to a few musicians recently I was chatting to Chris Difford from Squeeze about the joy of being back on stage and I, I recently went to uh, the Tramline Festival in Sheffield and the buzz was just off the scale and I'm sure you must feel that as well. Oh absolutely and I, I mean there is still a certain uncertainty if you like um, especially with our industry because of you know just of restrictions and I think people are still nervous to to, to go to theatres and to for people that are performers and musicians bookers I think are still a bit nervous about what to take a gamble on but I think you know I think we are moving the right way I think there's a need and a want and people want to go and see things people have missed that live interaction so I, I do think that there's um there is movement and we're excited to be out there and people are excited to come and see us yeah Kerry if we can just chat a little bit about your career I was um I was thinking about this and, and I was <laughs> use this analogy that if you were a a Premier League football team, then you're probably a Manchester City or a, a Liverpool, a, a certainly a Manchester United. I was wondering, when did you know in your career that you were actually heading for the, the top? Can you, can you remember that moment you thought, gosh, this is really happening for me now? For me, there's never been like a specific moment and there still isn't. You know, I still, people, I get asked this, you know, people say, oh, when did you think you made it? When did you think you'd hit that moment? And for me, it's about longevity and about sustaining a career. I'm really proud of the things that I've done. I've done some amazing things. I've done, um, you know, some really high profile um, 
performances. But then I've also done some really intimate small things that mean just as much to me as the big, huge shows, you know, when you're playing to thousands. So for me, it's about it's about sustaining a career and mm. having having longevity. I know I don't see an end to my career. I don't see me stopping at any point. No. Touch wood. Um, so as long as there's people that want to come out and support and enjoy what I do, then I'll continue to do it. I feel like there's no shelf life for what I do. Um, you know, I remember going to see Liza Minnelli, who's an absolute icon of mine. I absolutely adore her. And I went to see her in, um, she did a, her own show at the Festival Hall, I don't know, four, four years ago, maybe. And, and, you know, she was incredible. She had so many stories to tell. She had all of her musicians that she had used over the years. And I just found that inspiring. And I thought, that's what I want to do. And I want to get to a point where I can just go and tell my stories and people yeah. still come because they, yeah. they were talking about all the historical moments. So that, for me, that's what it's about. Mm. Were, you, were you one of those uh, kids at school that was earmarked for success from an early age? You know, did, were kind of was everybody going, God, Kerry's good. Listen and watch Kerry. Was it like that or, or did it evolve as you were growing? I think I was always one of those kids that was off doing stuff. I was always going to do panto or I was at, I remember doing The Wizard of Oz at the Woolsey Theatre, which was like the big theatre near me. I was always kind of doing that kind of thing. But I think when I was growing up, and when I was at school, you know, maybe 30 years ago, it was, a, it was a slightly unusual career path for someone from, I was from a tiny little village in Suffolk. And when I said, oh, I want to go on, I want to be on the stage, I want to sing and I want to dance, the teachers, I don't think they understood a route into that. And they thought, oh, they thought maybe it was just a bit of a pipe dream. So I think it was was difficult for them to support it because they didn't understand it and they didn't have enough information I think there is a bit more now and there's a little bit more opportunity and and there's a few more um you know there's there's more colleges there's more information and there's social media so we we know more about it mm. so I don't I think they thought it was just a hobby right. um but now they embrace it I'm still in touch with a lot of my teachers from school if I'm performing locally they they support me they come and see me so that's really nice mm. Carrie I was I was thinking about your career and you sing this iconic song Gravity and 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 every kid I mean my kids when I said I'm interviewing Carrie Ellis oh, she's the lady who sings Gravity it's like oh you know of all young people that song is iconic and means an awful lot and I was trying to think, how can I ask Kerry a reasonable question that she's probably not heard before? I was wondering, Kerry, what was your Gravity song as a kid? You know, what was the song that you kind of constantly sang around the house? Mine was quite a dreary number. Mine was Memory from Cats. I used to love that song. I used to love your late page. What, what was yeah. yours? Can you remember? I had a few, I think, because for me, I had the double cassette of Lainey's. That was a big influence for me, Miss Saigon. So I would sing things like I Dreamed a Dream and I would sing um, Give My Life for You from Miss Saigon. You know, I would just sing along to the entire soundtrack. But then I also would sing along to things like um, Bonnie Tyler's Total Eclipse of the Heart and Meatloaf I used to sing along to all the time. Kind of a bit, um, I didn't really know who, I knew who Meatloaf was, but I didn't really understand that he was a big rock star you know for me it was just it was melodic and I could sing along to it and I loved it because he had such a high voice um so yeah it, it was a real eclectic mix but I would I would sing along to anything I could get my hands on but I probably the show tunes more so because I 
that I found them accessible. Mm. Kerry, I was I was chatting to I don't want to name drop musicians all the time, but chatting to Jonathan Antoine about this subject, um, and also to Vinnie Coalito, a drummer in America, about what it is about songs that take people to kind of almost like an outer body experience. And and Gravity is definitely one of those songs. And, oh, yeah. and for me, um, you know, I find that in some hymns that are just incredible and, and musical songs. What do you think it is about a song that, that has that ability to, to take people to, uh, you know, another place for just maybe a few moments or a few hours, if it's a full show? Well, I think that's the beauty of music is that it, 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 it almost snapshots a time and place for you. So, so there'll, be, there'll be pieces of music that take you back to a moment in time where you felt something. Yeah. And it could be a childhood memory. I mean, I remember singing hymns at school. You know, I, I still remember sitting in assemblies and singing hymns and those hymns have stayed with me my life. And that takes me back to sitting cross-legged with all my other fellow school colleagues singing these hymns with the big projector screen and the, you know, the words coming up. Um, and I think it's about when it hits you, when it, when it, when it makes a, an impression on you, it makes you feel something emotionally mm. that it transports you back. And I think that's, that's the strength and the power of music. Uh, it doesn't always happen. Um, you know, if you see, if you hear things on the radio, you, you might hear them and enjoy them and, and not really pay much attention, but you might have fun. But if there's a specific moment, i.e. if you go and see a, a musical and there's a moment in the show where you're overwhelmed or you find something really funny or you're sat there with a loved one or mm. you or, or something's happened in your life and then you go and see a show and, and a piece of music will people's wedding days you know it's my anniversary my 10th anniversary today and you know it makes me think about the songs that we played at our wedding I think it's just about an emotional connection and that's what makes it stick and makes it um move you and that's what for me that's what music and performance is all about it's about making people feel something or else mm. what's the point yeah Carrie I'm, I'm amazed that you're spending your 10th wedding anniversary in the company of <laughs> <laughs> Of a vicar in Burnley. I'm ever so grateful. I'm not, sure what, I'm not sure what your husband makes of that. But I, I was just what you were saying there about hymns. Have you have you had the opportunity to sing in in um, in a cathedral, for example? I'm sure you've sung in some wonderful venues. But have you have you sung in cathedrals, Kerry? I have actually. Um, Brian and I did um, uh, when we did our acoustic by candlelight first tour we actually sang in lots of churches cathedrals all around the country um we it was almost like a it was almost like a, a cathedral church tour and it was because we were very um uh, it was just the two of us so it was we were quite portable if you like and we could play in different venues and we 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 played in a lot and they were unbelievable i remember this one very small church that we sang in in, in brighton and it was really intimate and we were like this i'm not sure this is going to work and it was one of the best gigs that we had because everybody was like pushed together the i remember the dressing rooms we would get and changed in well they weren't dressing rooms obviously they had it was one of like the little um the nursery school rooms that we were getting changed in and we were just like i'm not sure this is going to work but it was one of the best gigs that we ever had there was just an atmosphere and there was a I don't know there was just a magic in the in the room and it was it was phenomenal but yeah mm. I have um uh yeah Kerry, Kerry are, are you a, are you a spiritual lady do, do you do you get 
do you get a uh, kind of sustenance from spiritual matters whether it's faith or reiki or yoga or whatever it might be how do you how do you kind of keep the the, the mind on the straight and narrow as it were yeah i think i think a lot of creatives have a connection somehow i think we have to have some kind of belief and and believe in in some kind of greater good because our, our industry is so difficult mm. and so um uh inconsistent that i think to keep a, a level-headed mind we have to have some kind of something to hold on to um for me i like a bit of meditation i like a bit of yoga i'm very at one with being outside i think i believe in something but I don't really know what it is um I wasn't really brought up in a in kind of any sort of religious um upbringing we would go to church for for Christmas with the school yeah. uh, my I guess my primary school was um was a C of E um school because we would do the hymn thing and we would go we would go to church for Easter or Christmas you know just the big the big events um but yeah, it wasn't really in my life as a, as a home life. No. Um, but I guess as an as an adult, I I've performed with like I performed with the Salvation Army. I performed um, in a lot of churches. So the connection for me is 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 definitely there. Yeah. But yeah, I would. Uh, yeah, it's very different. Still working it out, like many people, I guess. Still working it out. Yeah, yeah. Um, Kerry, I, I when I was uh, when I when I. Um, graduated from my degree uh it was at uh, the, the the passing out ceremony was at Carlisle cathedral i remember and there was about four dreary theologians like myself graduating <laughs> and it happened to be on the same day that the the um performing arts students were passing out and and uh, not literally of course and um, th there was hundreds of them and um as we went up we got a very you know a very stayed kind of round of applause and as you can imagine as the performing art students went up there was these humongous cheers and delights and I couldn't help think how wonderful that was but also I couldn't help thinking where are all these people going to work it yeah. is a tough industry Kerry isn't it and and um where are all these people going to work it is how is the industry in your your mind at this time I think it's I think it's been most difficult for graduates trainees having to train on zoom having to train online i think has been the most difficult so i think for the past kind of uh couple of years those people that have been in college or not in college on screens those people that have just graduated where the industry is up in the air and we don't know where we, we are i think it's the most difficult because it's not been it's hard enough at the best of times but to have this thrown on top of us as well is even more difficult and I feel for them because they're not getting a gauge of of what the industry is about however lots of them have have gained lots of positive things from it I mean loads of people know now how to self-tape we know how to communicate on zoom we know how to uh, rehearse on zoom I mean we've we've never done that before so I think there's things to be there's positives to be gained from it um However, I think a lot of people from that do graduate from college, they don't all they don't all go into the industry. Some people create their own dance schools. Some people go into mm. media. They go into other avenues, and that's quite normal as well. So, I don't think that's changed. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, like it's difficult. It is difficult. It's difficult for people that have been in it for years. You know that it's ch it changes all the time, and there's always different obstacles. We've just had 
two years of you know an even bigger obstacle but it's it's how you um sorry it's how you um navigate through it and how you move on and how you recreate yourself and what you come up with in those times so I mean I did my own podcast at the beginning of the first lockdown and we're now in season four of um of mine which is called keep calm and carry on and I've loved it it's been a lifeline for me mm. I've written a book I've done music over the over the uh the lockdown I've sold my album so there is ways to to, to create in in restrictions it's yeah. just if you have the drive and the and the uh the will to do it yeah I think good words there of encouragement for people to keep going basically isn't it you've just got to just got to keep going Kerry can, can I ask about um Brian, you've talked about Brian Meg, uh, mentioned him a few times. When when you first met him, were you like most people who who meet these kind of icons of rock and roll? Do you remember that first meeting with him? And, and, and were you kind of uh, rabbit before the headlights? So were you quite calm and thought, I'm going to make a good impression here? Um, uh, well, at circumstance, I, the first time I actually met him was when I auditioned for We Will Rock You. He had come to came to see me in in my fair lady previously, but I didn't know. I hadn't yeah. I didn't meet him at that point. So the first time I met him was in an audition, and I was singing his song for him. That was pretty daunting, but I think the whole scenario was overwhelming because Roger Taylor was there, Ben Elton was there, Arlene Phillips was there. It was a lineup of incredible people. I was. I was really fortunate to to get to sing one of his songs for him um and then obviously I got to work with him in the show and he was in um helping us through the the uh the rehearsals which was which was wonderful and then eventually we got into the studio and started working and what's what's he like Kerry he strikes me as a uh, incredibly articulate fellow and, and uh, a master of his craft although do you still manage to have those um, kind of meltdown moments of laughter with Brian or just, just <laughs> well I think that's why we work so well together because we're so yin and yang I mean we're so other ends of the spectrum I mean he's so incredibly intelligent and not to say that I'm not but I'm not on his way prolific at all we're so different and I think he finds me quite funny for that reason um but I think what does bring us together is that we both have passion for the music and what he does well is obviously he plays his guitar and I sing and the, the two marry together quite well. And that's what brings us together is just the passion of what we do and what we're, what we bring to the table. Um, and he's brilliant. Yeah. He's really yeah. great. Yeah. I just want to ask you a question. That's something I was, I was listening to radio two yesterday, Kerry, they were talking about Freddie uh, Mercury. There was um, an author on who was, I think he's written a book about the lives and loves of Freddie or something. And she said that if Freddie was alive today, he wouldn't be doing Queen. Um, with your experience of Brian and, and your knowledge of music, do you think that's true or, 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 or not? I think they would have just gone strength to strength. I mean, they're so, they're so creative, so dramatic. I mean, look at what they've done without Freddie in the last 20 years. The film, the musical, the documentaries, the new music, the tours. I mean, it's just gone on and on. I think they would have just been doing it, if not more, with Freddie. I mean, Freddie was that creative, um, loose cannon, if you like. And I think they would have just kept going and, and got bigger and, and stronger. I really do. Mm, yeah. Kerry, I, want, I just, um, I'm mindful of time. I just want to ask you about your your career in the musicals and... Um, 
you know, you, you've sung some iconic songs and you've played some iconic roles. I even noticed that you'd played Mary Magdalene in Jesus Christ Superstar. Yeah. Is that is that right? That's right. I'm, I'm... Yeah, I'm on a concert. I didn't do the show, but I ah. did it in a concert. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I've been fortunate to play some incredible roles and tour the world and play on Broadway. And it's just been it's been magical. I'm grateful. And, and, and if um, you had to get rid of all of those roles, bar one. <laughs> which That's one? Tough. I know it is, because <laughs> I was thinking I could pick. But, but, but if you had to get rid of all those roles, bar one, which one would be left standing for you to, to jump on stage to? I think I had the most fun in We Will Rock You and Oliver. Had the most fun in those two musicals um but wicked was probably the most influential in my life yeah yeah and what have you got coming up kerry what's what's on the oh, horizon God. you've talked about this being out in milan um yes coming up um lots of concerts christmas is busy for me so i'm really hoping that you know christmas um just happens and we get you know back on stage so just lots of orchestral concerts more recording back in the studio and um yeah maybe a new show next year who knows wonderful and my, my last question is Kerry because I do ask this because I'm a proud Lancastrian have you have you performed up these parts you've been on stage in Blackpool I have done yeah yeah hang on call you so my last question, Kerry, for you is, uh, you know, I'm a proud Lancastrian up in the Lancashire in the northwest. Have you, have you, um, have you managed to perform in our beautiful Blackpool theatres? I have. You know, I did my first show um, called Magic of the Musicals and we toured and I actually came up to Blackpool and performed up there then. And I think Brian and I kind of ventured. We didn't quite get as far as Blackpool, but we did venture quite north. Um, I normally go Scotland as well. So I'm going to have to get back to Blackpool um, very, very soon. You are indeed. Kerry, it's been a real pleasure uh, having this opportunity to have a chat with you. I know you're a very busy lady and uh, I do wish you all the very best for this coming year. It's great to see you uh, out working again and, and doing stuff. And, um, you know, if you're ever up and you're looking for a church to play, well, St Matthew's in Burnley is a beautiful church. Put it on your list. And uh, thanks ever so much for coming on the Godcast. Thank you. Thank you, Alex. Thank you so much. Bye.